this goes out to anyone that's doing therapy right now. I don't know how they measure whenever you go in and you start your session, but for me, my counselor, she'll do this thing where she's like, all right, is it a red, a yellow, or a green? Red being, hey, I'm in trouble, I'm needing something. Yellow is, I'm on the cusp, I'm on the fence. And then green is, I'm doing okay to I'm doing great. So there's a pretty wide spectrum in there to cover. For the first time in a long time, I was able to go in and without hesitation, well, maybe a little bit, I said green. And I felt pretty good about it. So I thought I'd go ahead and talk about a few things that were going through my mind this week. Because I had another idea, honestly, for this particular episode. But then I decided, you know what, I'm going to make this more of a conversational one. And again, more just of a record of my thoughts of where I am right now. Hi, I'm Mario the Artisan Rogue, and this is Radio 74. This is a podcast I do, mainly for myself, but I enjoy that the, that there are people actually listening to this and giving me feedback and stuff, so that is amazingly appreciated. So jumping into this, you know, I uh, there's a lot of times whenever I think about the days that I go through, and I... I go through a lot of stress and anxiety moments. There's a lot of times when I feel like what I'm doing today doesn't really amount to much. And that usually sends me into a spiral where regardless of when I go to therapy sessions, my days could be counted as a red or a yellow rating, right? I have found that the more time I spend on social media, it's kind of a mixed bag. And I don't know if you guys can relate on this or not. When I go on there, there are times whenever I will, thankfully, social media, most platforms will serve up what you're wanting, right? You click on enough things about cats or pizza or computers, you're going to get that, right? doesn't matter if it's Twitter or Instagram, especially YouTube. You're going to get fed that because of the algorithm and all these other things. Fancy words I don't know a whole heck of a lot about. When that happens, you get that dopamine hit. And it's designed that way. If you look into this stuff and you don't know much about it, and here's just a rudimentary understanding from my, from my mind. It does that to keep you online. It does that to keep you watching because that's how they make money. From that and the data they collect, I imagine. And recently, there's been a lot of things. Like in the news, Elon Musk, I guess, bought Twitter. I don't know. I don't care. I honestly don't. I know that it's the case, though, because I noticed the shift in the overall attitude of things that were going on on Twitter. And I thought, okay, well, that's that's enough for today. I did a couple of posts, and then I left it alone. But one of the things that came along with that was I really wanted to to focus on where I was heading with the new information that I'd gotten today in my therapy session. And the reason I'm hesitating is because there are times whenever I really do wonder how much of what I endure or what I go through is, you know, worth repeating. And I don't mean that as a humble brag or anything or like looking for sympathy. That's that's not at all where this is going. 
What I mean is, what if I were to give some sort of information or an opinion piece or something like that? Somebody took it wrong. They applied it to themselves, and it was probably the last thing that they really needed to do. And I always worry about that. I can't help it. I'm a, I'm a very worrying individual. So one of the things I came to terms with, this has been in the last couple of weeks, and one of the reasons why today was a green day for me, was that I had been struggling for a long time to overcome my own self-doubt on who I am as a creative person, what I'm doing, and what sort of legacy I'd like to build for myself. Now that sounds mighty grandiose, and I don't I don't mean it to at all. What I'm saying though is true. There's a multitude of stories, projects, different things I'm working on now and that I'd love to see fulfilled in the future. But I can't help but question what my motivations are behind it. It used to be, and I see this reflected in a lot of younger artists that I know that I've taught, that I've been around, that I've encountered at different shows. And it always gets to me how vivacious and fire-filled and driven many of them are. And I've heard it. You'll see many inspirational things on Instagram or any one of these social media posts going, if you have the fire, you're going to get in there. You're going to do, you're going to do this hustle game. You're going to do all of these things. You're going to You're going to dominate. You're going to overwhelm. You're going to run over the obstacles that are placed in front of you and look for bigger and badder ones to overcome. Over the years, I'm always drawn to remember this old cartoon. This is, of course, dating me here a bit. In the 80s on Saturday morning cartoons, there used to be this little, I don't know what he was. He was this little yellow character. He was in a smattering of different cartoon inserts that would happen. It wasn't really a commercial. It was more like a public service or educational thing, probably edutainment. And there was one particular little jingle that he sang that just stuck in my head. And it had to do with hankering for a hunk of cheese. And it was surreal because he had a cowboy hat on. The scenario is he's using his cane to kind of shoot little pop gun shots down the alleyway. But he's talking about eating cheese, right? It's it was I, now that I remember, it was specifically to support the dairy industry. I would surmise because he's like hankering for this hunk of cheese, and it was supposed to give him energy and a clear mind and all these other things. Whenever his ten uh, gallon hat is feeling five gallons flat, there's a whole thing behind it. If you look it up on YouTube, I'm certain you can find it. Well, nonetheless, I recall, uh, you know that. Over the years, that stuck with me. But what didn't stick with me was a lot of this drive and energy and all of these things combined. But recently, when I've been able to look at what's been missing and what had gone wrong for me in the last year, it's no lie that I would imagine that for the most part, COVID really messed up a lot of people. And I had a circumstance where uh, I had to talk to a client that I was doing a lot of work for. And I've never had to put myself in this situation before, but I had to step back from that client. Now, I think I've touched a little bit on this in some previous episodes, 
and I'm still in the process of stepping away, but I'll never forget having talked to them and said, I am, I'm seriously struggling here. And I meant it completely. One of the things that's happened as I've gotten older is I'm a lot more blunt and forward because I think some of it also has to do with being on the spectrum. But because of that, I've found myself far more, far more open and much more honest about the circumstances that I'm enduring. Repeatedly, I would make mistakes. I would save files wrong, overwrite things, send wrong things. It was just a nightmare for me. And there has to be a point as a creative, as, as a contractor, I don't care what you do, that you can step back and take a look at what you're doing and go, well, the quality has dropped in what I'm capable of doing. I am not persevering. I don't have the same level of excellence that I once had. Now, my therapist would tell me that's fine, but where is the source of this coming from? Because that was very much the question that I had put up. Why is this happening? Now, I imagine every single counselor, psychiatrist, whatever is going to give you a myriad amount of different things and paths to try out to try and discover what's going on. For me, it was very much. I had, and this is going to sound kind of cheesy, I had really kind of fallen out of love for myself as a creative, as a person, a multitude of things in there. And it was very hard for me to believe in myself. And it actually has been for quite a few years. I feel like a lot of times when I was working for other places, even when I was back at Hallmark, certainly when I was at Hallmark, I would phone it in. I, I never really thought much about it. Most jobs just became a stepping stone to get somewhere else. Now, don't get me wrong. There would be plenty of things I would, I would do to try and enjoy those jobs. I certainly took a lot of the experiences there and thought, well, I can always work this into something else. I could work this into stories that I can use for when I'm at conventions and shows and being able to relate to people. Maybe there's a bit of poetry I can write about it. There's a book about my overall career arc and how I've been a creative for years. That's something that it feeds into. There's also the whole thing that I've never really let go of the idea of going back to stand-up comedy and maybe trying my hand at that. So there's a multitude of things that they build toward all these experiences. Nonetheless, like any good stand-up comedian will tell you, funny jokes are funny because the pain is real that you endure when you go through them. The embarrassment, the stress, the anger. You can look at everybody from Billy Connolly to, oh God, any one of the current ones. I had somebody in my mind right now, uh, Bill Burr. Any of them. And you can see that. You can see where social situations are king in those circumstances. And the incredible absurdity that can happen. And that's all fine and dandy. But what I found myself dealing with was being completely and utterly overwhelmed with the circumstances to the point that even that began to fade out on me. So in this circumstance where I was trying to pull back, 
I had found a book through my therapist that helped establish boundaries. That was something I never did before. A lot of times I am so much of a people pleaser. (laughs) Say that five times fast. A people pleaser that I would go above and beyond to do all kinds of things. I'd always be the one to show up early. I'm the one that want to make, you know, I'm the one that wants to make sure that plans are in place, reservations are made, things like that. And I don't even like to do that for myself because it's, I'm not that much of a detail oriented person unless I really have to be. And it's weird in a myopic fashion. Um, if we're talking about like my studio space here, it can be, it was recently a real bad mess around here. I'm finally decluttering like crazy. And I celebrated by taking a brand new picture of my studio space, which is the art for this particular podcast episode. The thing that got me was that even, you know, even in all of that, I found myself just getting completely to the point where anytime the phone would ring, that my mobile phone would ring, I would find myself getting angry instantaneously like that. Just boom. I'm mad. I'm furious. I'm angry. I didn't understand why it was absolute pandemonium on some days I would wake up and maybe there'd be a phone call that came in and it might not even be that particular freelance client. And I would be in a terrible mood for the rest of the day. It would set the pattern where it was inevitable. I always felt like, when is it going to ring? But here's the thing. Let me add to that. There was a lot of work too that needed to be done. And I was dragging my feet on some of it. There were also circumstances where I didn't feel strong enough to be able to interact, to be able to reply. I didn't have answers. It wasn't that work was outstanding. If there was work that needed to be done, I was getting it done as quickly as I possibly could. I was also battling a hell of a lot of depression at the time, like a heavy load of it now that I'm thinking about it, but I still understood, Hey, I'm a freelancer. I owe it to my client to get things done. But I knew that my entire work pipeline, everything, my mentality was going down the toilet, literally. So at one point I found myself in their office talking to them about some projects. And I said, I, I, I really got to talk to you about something here. And I opened up and this has failed me. I'm going to, I'm going to earmark this. I'm going to preface this by saying this has failed me in every other circumstance. So I don't know why I thought it was going to work this time. There have been so many times that I've come clean and said, I'm feeling under the weather. I'm feeling worn out. I'm this, that, whatever. This was the first time that there seemed to be at least a little bit of attention given to it, you know, like a decent amount. And I said, I need to take a break, probably an indefinite one, maybe a permanent one. I am not performing at the skill level that has been expected that I have delivered prior, nor do I believe I will be able to increase the quality anytime soon unless I can step away for a bit. The world of freelance, especially when you're creative can be a pretty vicious one. And this was not a terrible circumstance, but it was one where I let things get out of control, where 
to make clients happy, I am very much the person that will answer emails at 1 a.m. I mean, I'm recording this right now at 1137 in the morning. I'll probably be up for another hour or two editing this podcast, doing anything. So if an email or a job comes in, I will respond. There has to be a point where I turn this off. In fact, a buddy of mine, we were talking, he used to run a computer shop in Nostra, Missouri. And we got to talking about another fellow that I knew that ran a computer store. And somehow we got back and forth talking about hours. And I had told him how he would go into work, this other fellow I knew that ran this other computer store. And what he would do is he had what were called boutique hours. And he, that's all he advertised were these boutique hours. Now, he was in his shop by like 9 or 10 a.m., but he technically did not open until 1230 in the afternoon. And he was open late until 7 p.m. So that gave him the opportunity to come in as late as 1130 if he really wanted to click open the door and get in and kind of get cleaned up, set up, all this other stuff if he wanted to. But he kept these boutique hours and it was only late on Fridays and Saturdays and he only worked, I believe it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, so Sunday and Monday it was not open unless by special appointment or something like that. And I never thought about, I never really thought critically about how he did that, how that, because I looked at him like, well, he had a brick and mortar store. So it manifested that he would be able to set these boundaries physically. The door is locked. You're not going to get in to get your computer. You're not, unless you've called and made arrangements, I'm not letting anyone in because it's my domain. It's my safety zone. It's my wall. I have built these ramparts and damn it, I'm staying behind them. Until I let down the drawbridge. When that happened, that I brought it up, I think for both of us, it was something of an epiphany. I mean, I had thought about it. I knew about it. I understood it. But then I started thinking about how I did not observe that for myself. I don't even take it seriously. Well, that's a terrible way to put it, but I don't really seriously adhere to set schedules. I just don't. And that's something I need to do. I have checklists that I look at every day. I fail at them all the time. Okay. I may, and it's ridiculous because my checklist will sometimes have 28 or 30 different things. I'm going to get this done today. I might get two or three. And then I have the audacity to ignore that app for like four or five days. Go back and go, yeah, I didn't do anything, you know, or I didn't get those things done that I thought I was going to get done. So getting back to the whole boundaries thing, as I'm explaining this, Much to my chagrin, it is a hard thing to talk to anybody, especially people that you just have a work relationship with in most circumstances, okay? I am simply talking about my experience right now. It is hard to try and open up about about mental health, about circumstances that are affecting you. Because one of the things that was said was, are you sure it's not long covid Well, maybe you're just, you know, maybe you just need a day off or something. That sort of thing has rung true for a lot of my career. We live, and I say we, the vast majority of us here in America and probably the world, live in a very industrialized age, very technological age. Never mind social media, just the presence of our phones television, live streaming. I was watching Twitch right now. It's amazing how many people are online right now and just chat. It's pretty stunning. 
the world never sleeps anymore. It just doesn't. I can't even begin to fathom what that must have been like at one point in time when if you didn't have a candle, you were kind of SOL. You just <laughs> you just had to go to bed, right? Or work to buy really bright moonlight. I think that it's something where when I tried my best to explain this, I got flustered. I got a little frustrated, but I stuck firm to what I wanted to say, which was I'm not living up to what I have marketed myself as, and I need a break. Thankfully, they seem to take it in stride for the most part. And that was good. And so far, so good. It's the workload has started to diminish and we're weaning down on some projects. And in doing so, because I journal a lot and I've kept track of a lot of things, I was able to facilitate an understanding about myself the more I was able to put those boundaries in place, it wasn't even so much the work. It wasn't even so much these other things that I thought were contributing factors. It really came down to the fact that I simply had not organized myself to the point where I felt like I was capable of getting things done correctly, reliably, and efficiently. And I'll give you a good example. When I cleaned up the main area, I call this area the pit where I am right now. I have two, well, technically three areas to my studio. There is one area that is in a constant motion of flux. It is the display area. It has all the video games and toys and collectibles and stuff. That is to the back end of the studio. And then I have where I'm sitting right now, which is my main workstation. And it has a drawing table that has a few things on it that have to be put away. And then it has my scanner, my massive door-sized table. It is literally a door that my computer sits on with my screens. I have my art supplies here. Then next to me, I have a shelving area that has a few projects kind of laid out that I'm also going to be cleaning up here soon. And then immediately behind me is a work table where painting of miniatures, product photography, things like that happen. I've got most of two-thirds of it fairly cleaned up, the easier parts. Just in doing that shocked me because for a long time when I was feeling all that anxiety and the depression and everything was overwhelming me, I was incapable of picking up even a piece of trash and effectively throwing it away. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? It's absolutely terrible. But that's what depression can do to somebody. It's what it did to me at any rate. And I wasn't able to be myself. I didn't like myself. I didn't want to do anything. I felt like everything I was doing, whether I was trying to create, whether I was trying to draw, whether I was trying to record a podcast, there's a multitude. I keep using that word multitude tonight. Sometimes I fall in love with a word and I just say it repetitiously. There's a lot of podcast episodes that are just never going to see the light of day. I sat down here. I may have recorded for 15 minutes. There was one that was a record hour and a half. I didn't want to do that. I try and keep these things fairly short. And I came to the to the conclusion that once I had actually stood my ground and said, hey, this is kind of what I want. No, in fact, this is exactly what I want. This is what I'm telling you is happening. I felt empowered. I felt better. And I felt like there was more things I could do and get completed. Like right now, in fact, I've got 15 minutes technically 
and I'm about to stop this podcast anyway. I do the app Duolingo, and I've been studying both Spanish and French. And a couple of other ones too, but primarily those two. And I am about 15 minutes before I'm about to break my streak record, which is a little unnerving. But as that's happening, I I thought to myself, I don't have to do that. It's just an app. Okay, so big deal. I lose my streak. Yes, that's disheartening. Yes, the app you know icon changes or whatever. But honestly, that's my decision. If I didn't feel like doing it and it's not affecting a client or anybody else, is it really that big of a deal? It's not. It's just not. On the flip side, if I'm smart, I would have done it earlier. I would have taken care of these things. And it's that slow bit of growth and understanding and capacity that I truly believe we don't offer to ourselves enough. I know I don't. Even when I meditate, even when I do things like that, it's now become more sporadic and I don't like that. I want to get back to being able to have a fuller understanding of mindfulness about myself. And that's what I'm hoping will happen. But looking to the future, I've got a show here in about another week, Air Capital Con. It's the last one for the year. And I am looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great show. I just just got the email that showed the overall... Floor plan. It's awesome. Next to my buddy Cam Kiefer. Fantastic dude. I just did an interview with him. It was late in coming up, but it's a written interview on my website. If you go to theartisanrogue.com and look under creative interviews, he is the newest one down, I believe, at the bottom of the list. And it is a great interview. I I love his work. I've got a couple of his stickers and some other little originals of his. He did a comic book a long time ago that I really like called Geek Theory. And I'm hoping, I'm really looking forward to him bringing that back. One of the things, though, that I've got to leave on this, just to end this episode on a on a kind of happy note, is that I wanted to take the time to just say it is possible. Whatever you're thinking, whatever you want to do, it is possible. But do yourself the favor, and if you need help, there are places to go. Personally, I use a place called Comprehensive Mental Health, which is state-funded. And thankfully, they are able to help me out. But there's also just talking to people, listening to people, going to comic shows, opening up, doing whatever. I had some amazing, amazing circumstances recently. In fact, I should probably do a podcast talking about the Greater Kansas City Japan Festival, which was phenomenal. It was great. I sold out of my comic books and I had to order more for the show, which was like terrifying. But thankfully, reprints through Kablam are super quick. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and close this down. I am Mario the Artist and Rogue. This is Radio 74. I just forgot. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to fake that. I totally forgot. I was like so happy I forgot the name of my damn show. Oh, my God. This is why I need a co-host so somebody could save me on this. Um, yeah, so you can find me as the Artisan Rogue on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on a lot of different platforms, and I do post unique and fairly new stuff to everything daily. I also have a very cool little niche account called 80s Days Gone By, which is also going to be the name of a publication I have coming up probably within the next two years that chronicles life as a creative and a collector, which I'm really looking forward to. It's something I've always wanted to put out there because I think that there's a bad stigma about letting your inner child live, you know, as you get older. 
So there's that. Thanks so much for listening, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you.